Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. Washington state isn't the biggest player when it comes to electoral votes during presidential races. Still, the primary election is coming up March 12th, and Republican voters are weighing former President Donald Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. KUOW's David Hyde spoke with some Republican families to get insight into their priorities for 2024. We'll talk with him in a minute, but first, let's get you caught up. Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell delivered the State of the City address yesterday. In addressing Seattle's $200 million budget shortfall, the mayor was short on specifics but warned passing a new tax won't address Seattle's long-term problems. He also addressed public safety, saying the city would review SPD's recruitment policies and open a new post-overdose facility. The UW's Tadayuchi East Asia Library officially reopens today after being under renovation since 2022. It's one of the premier East Asian libraries in the U.S. with more than 800,000 items. The collection includes centuries-old rare documents from the Ming Dynasty. And Zoo Tunes is back at the Woodland Park Zoo this summer for its 40th anniversary. And boy, the lineup lives up to the hype. Catch national acts like The Roots and Nora Jones and Pacific Northwest favorites like Built to Spill and The Decemberists. Ballots for the Washington state primary go out on Friday, and Washington is pretty blue. But state Republicans are weighing their options for the March presidential primary. There are five Republicans on the ballot, but only two candidates left in the race. Former President Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who, if she won, would be the first woman president of the United States. Nikki Haley has not dropped out of the race yet. This week, she doubled down on her commitment to remain. But if the polling is accurate, Donald Trump will prevail. So why isn't Haley doing better here with Republican voters and Republican women specifically? KUOW politics reporter David Hyde spoke to some Seattle area Republican families about the two main candidate choices this election cycle. David, glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time. Great to be here, Trish. So, David, you wanted to speak with people on either side of this Republican divide between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. How'd you get started Yeah, I wanted to do that. So I went to this legislative district caucus in Kirkland. It's one of those gatherings where Republicans get together and they're nominating folks for their state convention. So these are hardcore Republican grassroots folks. And I wanted to see if I could find folks on either side of this Nikki Haley, Donald Trump divide, because Donald Trump, we know, is this polarizing figure, not just for Democrats, but also to some extent within the Republican Party, especially here in Western Washington. And Nikki Haley is an interesting presidential candidate, whether she has a good chance or not, more of an old school Republican, kind of like the George W. Bush mold when it comes to foreign policy, and also would be the first woman president of the United States were she she to be elected. So you know, I I wanted to kind of dig into that and hear what Republicans on who, on either side of this Trump Haley thing had to say. All right, well, who'd you talk to? I I looked out 
and found a couple, Mary Kay Rohrbach and her husband, Eric Rohrbach. I found them sitting on the same side of one of those big school tables in the, it was the Kirkland Junior High gym. I can Uh, picture it. Same side of the table, different side of this issue, fortunately, on who should be the next president of the United States. Eric Rohrbach is a longtime King County grassroots Republican activist and actually vice chair of the 45th District Republicans, which is who was holding this event. And he's for former President Donald Trump. His spouse, Mary Kay Rohrbach, is a lawyer, manager in the aerospace industry, and she is for former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. How long have you been married? 44 years. Uh, So it doesn't sound like you agree about absolutely everything. That's an understatement. (laughs) That is a long marriage of navigating politics, David. What kind of conversations is this couple having? Well, you know, I wanted to see what would it sound like if Mary Kay tries to convince her husband, Eric, (laughs) to vote for Nikki Haley. So I think she's uh, conservative. I've always considered myself a conservative. And I think she's the one best suited to beat Biden in the general election in November. Somebody that independents, um, moderates uh, could really get behind. Eric, uh, your wife has thrown down the gauntlet. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Kay is saying, you know what? We want to win this thing. Uh, And and Nikki Haley's got a good chance. First off, uh, I think the heart of the Republican Party is right now with Donald Trump. Uh, I think they see he had a successful first term and had a lot of things working well that are now messed up by the Biden administration, and they'd like to see him have a chance to set those things right. Wow. Okay. Eric Rohrbach, a very dedicated Republican first, but voting for Trump in the end. How did he try to convince his wife to vote for Trump, David? Yeah, he was a little bit more reluctant to do it. I was like, hey, you know, (laughs) what would you say to try to convince her? But when pressed... You know, he talked about, at this point, Republicans getting on the same page. And this, of course, is after New Hampshire, where Nikki Haley didn't do very well. And all the pollsters, or nearly all pollsters at this point, are kind of saying she doesn't have much of a chance. I would just say I think it's time for the party to unite behind Donald Trump. And Mary Kay was not buying that that argument. Okay, so she is going to stick with Nikki Haley. And I want to talk about this because it would be a pretty big deal. Nikki Haley would be the first woman to become president Is that something Mary Kay was leaning into to convince her husband to vote for Haley? No, but I really want to linger on this question. This this was kind of the heart of the story that I found over there in Kirkland. I don't think it's an issue with Republican women. The box checking is not. But I do know a lot of even liberal women, like in my book club or what have you, and when I say Nikki Haley, they say... Oh, I'd love to see the first woman president. I think there are there's a large group of people in the country who uh, would vote that way for that one reason. I'm not one of them. So I'm for Nikki Haley, but not because she's a woman, not because she's a woman. That that might be the Democrats or the independents, you know, who feel that way. And a lot of other Republican women in the country, including at this event in Kirkland, sounded a lot like Mary Kay. Well, she is a woman, and she's her parents are from India. I believe they're Punjabi. Um, that's just a part of who she is. I don't think anyone should vote for her because she's a woman or a woman of color. But I, I personally find that an added bonus. I think that would be hilarious if the Republicans elected the first woman. So that's Amanda Gibbon, who's backing Nikki Haley, as you just heard. And she was there with her dad, Lee Gibbon, who's supporting Donald Trump. 
All right. So Amanda really likes the sound of the first woman president being a Republican. She thinks it's an added bonus. Yeah. So added bonus. Um, but also, you know, it'd be hilarious if Republicans elected the first woman president. So kind of like a little of that own own the libs thing. Uh-huh, sure. Right. I also spoke with the vice chair of the Nikki Haley campaign here in Washington state, Paul Hess, about this exact topic, about Nikki Haley and uh, women voters and what he's been hearing from Republican women about Haley versus Trump. If the women in the Republican Party would stand up and say, we want Nikki, they they dominate, but they don't see the historical opportunity and they feel that it checks a box and they don't want to vote for somebody just because she's a woman or whereas the Democrats, they're totally into that. They want the first woman president. They want the first Hispanic president, first gay president. They check the box, but not Republicans. I don't know if you can tell he's frustrated by this, right? He's he's a Western Washington guy. Like these these are people here in, in the Seattle area frustrated by the state of affairs in his party that Nikki Haley isn't doing better with Republican women, even though we know from polling that she would do well with independence in the general election. Some of these folks that Mary Kay talked about, you know, being in her book club. Yeah. There is a gender divide in your story, though, between Republican women and men, David. So let's talk about that. Okay, so to go a little deeper on this, I contacted Debbie Walsh, who runs the Center for American and Women and Politics at Rutgers University, and she said there's a lot to think about. Within the Republican Party, there is a active shunning of the idea of identity politics, right? Um, the Democratic Party embraces the idea of identity politics, the idea that It is a value to have elected officials and appointed officials who look like the communities that they serve because women and people of color will bring to the table different experiences that are intrinsically valuable and will make them better at representing those communities. And within the Republican Party, there is an active sense and it fits in with the whole we live in a meritocracy whoever is the best candidate will rise to the top and that's how we have to let the process work itself out but debbie walsh also says sometimes it's not that simple that republican women will also sometimes say that it does matter to elect more women to higher office when we did some research looking at the impact of women in congress and I think we interviewed 84 women serving in Congress, Democrats and Republicans. And I will tell you that the Republican women, when you talk to them about should there be more Republican women in Congress, they said yes. And they feel that they bring something different to the table because they are women. So they see that they do things differently, that they are looking at issues differently, that they may work with colleagues on the other side of the aisle. So what I'm hearing there from Debbie Walsh at Rutgers is this nuance, this kind of ambivalence on the part of Republican women. On the one hand, you can't admit to wanting what the other side wants. I mean, that's it. And that's kind of a reflection, I think, at least, of just what a polarized political environment we now live in. Uh, But on the other hand, it's not perhaps so cut and dried, right? Yeah. Uh, David, I need to ask you how reproductive rights are factoring into this election right now. I asked folks about that. And 
at this event, as you might expect, all the women I spoke to are self-identified pro-life. But, you know, you did hear some enthusiasm for the fact that Nikki Haley has a slightly more nuanced position on that insofar as that could, again, go to this electability point. And again, these are grassroots Republican folks who are savvy about politics. So talking about electability is is the kind of thing that happens at these sort of events. You know, it's it's harder to know how much that motivates Republican voters as a whole. Yeah, we are definitely talking about super Republicans here yep. when you're talking about voters. Yep. All right. Well, what's next, David? What are we going to see over the next few weeks? Washington voters get their say in the March 12th primary. This is the presidential primary on both sides. Uh, ballots get mailed out February 23rd. As we've been intimating, there doesn't seem to be that much drama. So we'll see if Nikki Haley is even still in it here when when Washington voters get a chance. Mm. Um, Then later in April, uh, Republicans are going to be holding their state convention in Spokane. And among other things, that's where they're going to be picking folks to uh, go to Milwaukee for the Republican National Convention. And that's in July. All right. Well, before I let you go, I need to follow up. Why wouldn't Nikki Haley be around by the time we vote here in our presidential primary, David? Well, I mean, she's kind of said her home state of South Carolina is a stand. I don't know if she said it's her last stand, but if Mm. she doesn't do well there, most folks who are better at math than I am sort of are suggesting that it doesn't make a lot of sense for her to continue. I mean, there is always the possibility of a brokered convention. And who knows this year, you know, if somebody ends up... uh, you know, getting charged or ends up even in jail. Unlikely, but stranger things have happened. Really interesting. KUOW politics reporter David Hyde. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Trish. Thank you for listening to Seattle Now and extra thanks to the generous listeners who financially support this show. Hello, Lynn in Bellevue. Thanks so much. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. It was edited by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. Our production team also includes Paige Browning, Andy Hurst, Vaughn Jones, and Claire McGrain. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.